Welcome to the Starting Line Church Sermons Podcast. Here at Starting Line Church, we are all about helping people embrace that there is more to life through Jesus. This sermon was first given at Starting Line Church in Cleveland, Ohio. Hey everybody, welcome to Starting Line Church. Uh, If you don't know me, my name is Allison. I am one of the pastors here and we're just so glad that you have joined us today as we continue our series, But God. In this series, we've been walking through different places in the Bible where this phrase, but God, exists to see what we can learn from those situations and what they all have in common. We've come to realize that there are moments in our lives where things aren't going well and all hope seems lost, but we watch God step in and intervene in the middle of it. There are moments when life was this, but God does this. Things were going one way, but then God did this. Things were falling apart, but God gave me this and God said this. So far, we've talked about Old Testament characters, Joseph and Noah. And today we get to talk about another man from the Old Testament named Jonah. Jonah was a prophet, uh, which was a prophet was an individual who would be given messages um, from God and they would relay them to a different group of people, to a specific group of people. And Jonah was one of these prophets and he was known for having a somewhat complicated relationship with the people group called the Ninevites. Nineveh was the most important city of Assyria at this time and would soon become the capital city of the whole Assyrian empire. But Nineveh was a very wicked and evil city. No one wanted to go there. No one wanted to associate with their people. It was a very bad place with very bad people. And what we learn is that Jonah, who hated and hated the wicked and powerful Assyrians, was called by God to go prophesy to them. God asked him to go to Nineveh and share the message of God and warn them about what would happen to them if they didn't turn from their wicked ways. They were going to receive judgment. They were going to rep- they were going to receive judgment if they didn't repent. And Jonah won the prize and was instructed to go tell them this. <clears throat> Understandably, Jonah says no way, Jose, right? Like, there's absolutely no chance. I'm not going to do that. Peace out. I'm out of here. So he disobeys God, and he disobeys what God tells him to do, and he gets on a boat, and he heads to Tarshish to get as far away from Nineveh as possible because it was in the total opposite direction. But what happens is that when he's on the boat with a bunch of other people, this great storm arises. And after talking about what was going on and thinking through all their options, all the people on the boat, they all came to this conclusion that this storm was happening because God was upset at something. Someone had clearly did something wrong that they weren't supposed to do. So they casted lots to figure out who it would land on was the one that it, it was the case for. And so to no surprise, it landed on Jonah. So Jonah confessed what he did and he told them to throw me overboard um, so that this storm is going to end. And that's what they did. They threw him over the side of the boat. 
But when they did this, there was a whale that swallowed him. And Jonah was in the whale, in this fish, for three days and three nights. And all of this happens to get us to where we're at in our story today in Jonah chapter 2, where he's inside of the whale. Now, I'm not sure if you've ever seen a whale, but you don't really realize the magnitude of a whale until you see it in person with your two eyes. When you're whale watching on a massive boat and that whale comes up from out of the water and it's as big and powerful as the massive boat you are standing on in the middle of the ocean, it makes you feel incredibly small. So I would assume that Jonah inside this whale has to feel incredibly small and incredibly vulnerable as well. We're going to pick up reading in Jonah chapter 2, starting in verse 1. And it's during our time together today that we're going to focus on this contrast between Jonah and God. We know that God is nothing like humanity because he's divine. He's not a created being. Um, He can't be compared to us. He doesn't think like us, talk like us, do things like us, or respond like us. And in Jonah's flawed human nature, we can probably see the things of it. We can see the flaws that he has. And whether we like to admit it or not, we're just like him. So here we go. Jonah chapter 2, starting in verse 1. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord, his God, from inside the fish. He said, I cried out to the Lord in my great trouble, and he answered me. I called to you from the land of the dead, and Lord, you heard me. You threw me into the ocean depths, and I sank down to the heart of the sea. The mighty waters engulfed me. I was buried beneath your wild and stormy waves. Then I said, O Lord, you have driven me from your presence. Yet I will look once more towards your holy temple. I sank beneath the waves and the waters closed over me. Seaweed wrapped itself around my head. I sank down to the very roots of the mountains. I was imprisoned in the earth whose gates lock shut forever. We're going to stop here for just one second. This is the first half of what is known as Jonah's prayer. He had disobeyed God. He caused this massive storm. He was thrown overboard because of said storm. And thinking that he was going to drown, God sent a whale to swallow him and spare his life. There's a lot happening here, to say the least. And it's after all these events that he cries out to God in prayer. In the midst of his deep despair and darkness, he calls out to God in his suffering. And when it seems like his life is at its end. And in this prayer, he realizes and verbalizes where he was at before he was swallowed by the whale. He was sinking down to the ocean depths, the waters engulfing him, seaweed wrapped around his head, drowning, feeling imprisoned. And it's in this moment where Jonah, he cries out to God for help. And even though he's reaching out to God in this state, and that's a good thing, we want that. We also see that God was Jonah's last resort in this moment. God really was Jonah's last resort. Sure, Jonah went to God in prayer. Yes, he cried out to God for help in his despair. Those are good things. But when we really look at this story and think about it, 
It was actually Jonah's last resort, not his first priority. Because what else was he supposed to do in the belly of a whale after almost dying, but besides praying and confessing and pleading with God to help him? Now, I'm not trying to diss on Jonah here, okay? But, like, what else is he going to do? What else is he supposed to do? Of course he's going to do that. Because if God was his first priority, he actually wouldn't have been in the whale in the first place. Yes, Jonah went to God in prayer. But let's not forget that he spent the last season of his life running from him and wanting nothing to do with what he had for him. Well, I tried ignoring God, not spending time with God, disobeying God, getting caught in a storm trying to run from God, being in the belly of a whale because I didn't listen to God. And now I'm going to pray to God. Think about if someone asked like 37 other people to go to dinner and all of them said no. And because no one else could go, they asked you. And they actually told you that that's why they asked you because 37 other people couldn't go. Like, how would that make you feel? Probably not very good. Like, I don't think that would make us feel very good because you don't want to feel like someone's last resort or last priority. That's not a relationship. But this is what Jonah does here with God. Time with God was his last resort not his first priority. And I think we all fall into that. When life is going well, we maybe forget about God. When good things are happening, we don't always see those things as like maybe God's blessings to us. When all is good, we don't really have a need for God to speak to us or change us or, or, or do whatever he wants to us. We don't spend time with him. We don't value his relationship. But then When bad things start to happen or when we face uncertainty or when we face loss or when it all comes crashing down, we we run to Jesus. When we're in trouble and face uncertainty, then we cry out to God. But this isn't how our relationship with God is supposed to be. Don't wait until you're in the belly of the whale to run to your Savior. Because that kind of relationship with God can only result in an inconsistent, wishy-washy, up-and-down spiritual life. And that's going to create a lot of turmoil and a lot of uncertainty in your life. Not because God is uncertain, but because we don't actually know Jesus deeply and we just run to him when we need him. But Jesus wants a relationship with you that is consistent and committed and steady. He wants to talk with you and be with you and comfort you and guide you, not just sometimes, but in each and every day. And when we learn and when we lean into our relationship with God in all situations, in all seasons, good or bad, we will actually have stronger spiritual lives that prepare us for the difficulties in life. It's not supposed to be treated like a last resort but first priority. Let's continue reading the rest of this, his prayer. But you, my God, snatch me from the jaws of death. As my life was slipping away, I remembered the Lord and my earnest prayer went out to you in your holy temple. Those who worship false gods turn their backs on all God's mercies. But I will offer sacrifices to you with songs of praise and I will fulfill all my vows for my salvation comes from the Lord alone. Then the Lord ordered the fish to spit Jonah out onto the beach. But you, God, snatched me from the jaws of death. But God 
snatched me from the jaws of death. Other translations say that he brought Jonah out of the pit, but God brought him out of the pit. He brought him out of the darkness. Life was a disaster for Jonah, but God showed up and God intervened. In other words, while life was going one way, God saved him from the raging seas that were engulfing him. While it looked like the end for Jonah, God answered him and he heard him. He snatched him up and rescued him from death. Life was going one way, but you, Lord, brought me out of it. I was on the verge of death, but you saved me. You rescued me for something greater that you had for me. God rescues us for a purpose. God rescues us for a purpose. God graciously and miraculously rescued Jonah from despair and pain and death, really. But he didn't do it to send him to the same place physically and spiritually that he was at before. He didn't rescue him to send him to Tarshish. He didn't rescue Jonah to keep saying, keep doing what you're doing, man. You're doing great. He had huge plans for Jonah's life. He had prepared things in advance for him to do and be part of. He had things for him to do. He rescued him on purpose for a purpose. He rescued him to go do something that was so much bigger than anything Jonah could have done on his own. God was going to use him to preach to an entire city who was far from God as you could get. And we learn that when Jonah was spit out, he makes this journey to Nineveh to give the message of, about repenting and turning from their wicked ways. And when Jonah preached to them, it says that the whole city repented and God withheld his judgment on the Ninevites. So God rescuing Jonah had to do, yes, with the fact that God cared about Jonah, for sure, but it also had to do with the plans that God had for Jonah. God was going to use him to save an entire group of people. And in the same way, God rescues us from the despair and the brokenness that we are in for a greater purpose. But God snatches us from death and has something else in store. He pulls us out of the pit. He pulls us out of the darkness and he puts us back on our feet and says, stop running away. I have things for you to do. What is it that you need to be rescued from so God can help you fulfill your purpose? Whatever it is for you, maybe it's anxiety, maybe it's fear, maybe it's doubt, maybe it's actual practical things. What do you need to be rescued from? Because in this moment that Jonah has with God, Jonah was ready finally to submit his, to God's will and God's purpose for him like he wasn't before. His hard heart was humbled by God's mercy. His eyes were focused on what God had for him. And we have the ability to respond like that as well. What's amazing is that even though Jonah was God's last resort, God didn't count that against him. He didn't say, oh, well, Bummer, you should have listened to me. God's love and mercy is so unconditional that he still welcomes us with open arms every time we fail. 
That's the beauty of who God is and that even though we get to waver and be confused and disobey and turn away from God, that his constant presence continues to pursue us and draw us in and draw us closer to him. He doesn't count us out even when we don't prioritize him, but instead he calls us on purpose for a purpose that is greater than anything we will ever do on our own. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you that you see us and you hear us in the depths of our despair and our brokenness. We pray that today we would be reminded that you, God, pull us out of that. You, God, pull us out of the darkness, pull us out of the pit, pull us out of death to call us to something greater. Allow us to be motivated this week to live into that, to lean into that, that we wouldn't make our relationship with you a last resort, but our first priority. So God, we love you. We thank you for your word. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to our sermon podcast. If you want to learn more about Starting Line Church or to help support our ministry here, check us out at www.startingline.church.